What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Wake Before the Day podcast. This is Clark. And Bobby Jean. So glad you're here. Let's get started. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us back in the studio or on the podcast. Clark and I are with you today in chapters 13, 14, and 15 for part five. Mm -hmm. My God can beat up your God. Yep. I love that. Wow. Does Christianity (laughs) claim all other religions are wrong? Right. So picking up Mm. chapter 13. Yes, let's jump in. Starts on page 215. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh, Just said that. Yeah. It's interesting because <laughs> we, as you flip through this, this this talk, we're going to talk about a number of things. How does okay. Christianity line up with other religions, mm-hmm. other philosophies? Um, we're going to talk about exclusivity and inclusivity. Yeah, that's kind of an undertone of an this undertone whole thing. An undertone of this yeah. whole thing. Because when you read the Bible, looking at um, things in the Old Testament and New Testament, it is, in fact, exclusive. Hmm. And there's just no way around it. So if you look at... Page 216, he lines up a number of passages. Um, These ones come specifically from the New Testament, talking Mm -hmm, about mm -hmm. Jesus Christ. Salvation is found in nobody else. And whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life, Mm -hmm. from 1 John 5. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, enter through the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. Many enter through it, Matthew 7, 13. And Jesus himself, you know, says, I am the gate. Mm -hmm, Whoever mm -hmm. enters through me, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. So... Um, yeah, you just got to acknowledge it. Christianity is exclusive. Yeah. And so Dan continues and he, he kind of marches through some of like the questions that that poses then. Like if you, yeah. you know, if this is what we think, then, you know, what are some of the things? Cause some folks, you know, maybe you haven't really like considered this or you haven't been challenged in this way. Like mm-hmm. Dan comes from a background where it was like, like, I need these questions to be satisfied before, you know, I can like step in almost. Yeah. And so he kind of brings that up on 217, just kind of like within, you know, all these different people and all these different religions, really? Like you're saying, there's really only. And one of the things that we discern in this throughout these chapters is like, yeah, and actually a lot of other religions say that also. Like yeah. there, there is exclusivity. And what I appreciate <laughs> about what he does is he really tries to encourage us to sit in the shoes of someone who's not, quote, unquote religious totally. or isn't a Christian because when you read these statements, mm-hmm. yeah, you could see where they might rub somebody wrong mm-hmm, mm-hmm. initially and go, wait a second. So there aren't other avenues to eternity or salvation or whatnot. So totally. that's what he breaks down the next couple chapters. So 13 was kind of that, like he sets it up like he has done in the past sections with kind of like, hey, here's where we're going. Yeah. And so that's the, like, how do we make sense of these Bible verses in our pluralistic culture? And mm-hmm. then he breaks them down. So so kind of flipping over to chapter 14, mm-hmm. um, I'm jumping ahead to page 225, jump. 226. Okay. Jump, jump, jump. Um, I like what he does historically here because he really gives mm. you a timeline from kind of creation to, you know, the rise of Judaism, the rise, the rise of yeah. Buddhism and Islam and yeah. these different things, Hinduism. And what's fascinating is looking at these charts on 226 and 227, you know, Jesus was prophesied about while Hinduism mm. was growing and Buddhism was birthed. Mm. And I love that he acknowledges the Old Testament centuries before Jesus prophesied his coming and even gave details like he used to be born of a virgin. He was going to be born in Bethlehem. Mm. He was going to take people's sin upon himself and bring healing. Mm. He'll be killed even though he was innocent. And so while Christianity is um, growing, so are other movements 
and sure. factions and you can say religions. Hmm. But I think what I appreciate and I think strengthens in my heart the case for Christianity compared to everything else yeah. is in fact the historicity of it. Yeah, what do you mean? What? Like if you look on 228, mm-hmm. the, the title up there is Christianity is not a modern religion, mm-hmm. but its roots predate all of their faiths, meaning Christianity came first. Mm. And it's it's off that come, you know, splinter cells or offshoots of other beliefs, thoughts, concepts. And I just think about, you know, if you're the evil one, you're going to try to make a black and white thing very gray. Sure. And he, he kind of explains that a little bit mm-hmm. where... You know, there's similar messages about prayer, meditation, or reflection, and hmm. and I think Christianity though has stayed, you know, kind of consistent. Yeah, that's one of Dan's points that he kind of like nails in, like at the end of 28. According to the biblical story, other world religions are not a reflection of the one true God, and hmm. they did not develop from the beginning according to the, His plan and revelation. They are systems developed by human beings, and they do not accurately point us to the one God. I'm going to continue because it's so good. From yeah. the beginning, the one God has said that he would send someone so he so we could be forgiven and restored back to him. And then Dan says, I want to emphasize this, this idea. It is the one way, like we're saying, the exclusivity. This is the consistent witness of the entire Bible. And that's why the Bible verses we read state that because he's like the argument isn't, um, you know, well, there's, there's this one verse that says it. Well, Dan's actually helping us understand. No, it's the entirety. It is a, it's a thematic thing that yep. you read for all time throughout this story yeah. of the one true God, Yahweh, and his chosen people. Mm. And so it's not just like a, you know, oh, I'm going to cherry pick or pull this or let's you know, there's misunderstanding in this where actually like, no, it, it's from the very beginning from before all time. Exactly. Yeah. It's been very consistent. (laughs) Yes. And then I like how he breaks down then Islam, which is, Hmm. you know, one of the other more prominent religions in the world was birthed, um, six centuries, 600 years after Jesus. Right. So the Mm -hmm. timeline, if you're going to look at historical and look at this logically, Mm -hmm. that is an important factor mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. what happened in those 600 years. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate what he says on the bottom of 231. He says, consider this, if there was one key to my home, a place where I'm cared for and loved by my family, it's not intolerant for me to say there's only one key. Yes, There are not many different keys. There's just one. <laughs> hmm. God made Jesus to be the one key we need to know him. Mm-hmm. And it has been consistent position for thousands of years. Yeah, It's not being intolerant. It's simply letting the world know that if they want to come into God's home, they'll need to have the right key, hmm. that being Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so flipping the page to 232, he gives a really helpful chart. Yeah, that is really helpful. That breaks down the historical timeline mm-hmm. for the offshoots of other religions from Christianity. Hmm. And so if you want to take time to look at that, I think you'll find it really helpful. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I, I do want to go flip back. I love when he says like, <clears throat> not that's not being intolerant with like the key in the house analogy. It's simply letting the world know that if they want to come into God's home, they will need to have the right key. Mm. And I feel like that's like, if you go back to the garden, like again, that's like a biblical theme from throughout all time that we're seeing. And so uh, an example of this is if you go back to the garden, God says, you can have all of this. Yeah. And, but I, and I don't, I don't want you to be, be hurt or be in trouble. And so there is something you need to stay away from. Yeah. And that is out of his generous 
nature that he tells yeah. us that. And so that's, it's the same thing within Jesus Christ. Yeah. It's like, you guys, there's, that's a good point. This is such good news. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That it, and so we look at it, you know, like, oh, that's, you know, that's so, it's only one way. It's only one guy where God's saying, no, there, there's a way Yes. just in general. Yeah. It was a little bit of a lie <laughs> of the serpent as well saying, hey, totally. he doesn't want you to have that fruit from that one tree. Like he doesn't love you. Totally. Like intolerance yes. or whatever. Like he's trying to quench your fun. Just that question. Yes. Yeah. Of doubt. That's yes. That's good. So kind of what happens on the pre- the preceding pages now is that he looks at specific scriptures and mm-hmm. um, kind of helps us unpack them. So super helpful. On 234, I really appreciated N.T. Wright's line. He's a New Testament scholar and mm-hmm. theologian. Mm-hmm. Right away, he says, if you dethrone Jesus, yeah. you automatically enthrone somebody else or something else. Yeah. What does that mean? Talk about that. I think as we (laughs) unpack this, we would say as Christians that we were created and built to worship naturally. Right. So even whether you're a Christian or not, just being a human being, you naturally are going to give your affection, your heart, your time, your Mm -hmm. energy, your money to something or to someone and love it Mm -hmm. because you were created to love. And so the question we always often ask is, if you want to figure out what that is, where are you spending your time? Right. Practically. Practically. Where are you spending your money? Like what makes you really happy? What makes you really angry? Hmm. And the person or the thing that you think about the most, that you give most time to, Mm -hmm. that you Mm -hmm. give most money towards is probably who or what is enthroned on your heart. And Hmm. so what I appreciate is, is does, we have to ask ourselves, does that thing or that person help not only me flourish, but everybody else around me flourish and thrive. Yeah. Because when you look at man-made structures, humanity, science, science is good. It's necessary. It's got its faults. Even the best medicine we have, there are people it does not benefit. Sure. And there there are holes in science. Sure. So hear what I'm saying. Science is great. It's good. Sure. And it's not perfect. Sure. uh, Man-made government. Sure. Humanity can't get, get along with what is... Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You have Marxism, you have republics, you have democracies, you have dictatorships, you have all different kinds mm-hmm. of setups. And regardless of which one's right or wrong, people don't agree. And sure. often comes at the benefit of some and at the cost of other people as well. Mm-hmm. Another big one is self-help. Like how are we created to th- flourish and I need to be my best man. I need to pull myself up mm-hmm. by my bootstraps and I need to make mm-hmm. myself strong and mm-hmm. wealthy and prosperous and wise and funny mm-hmm. and whatever it is. There's research coming out now that's saying like this is actually incredibly harmful when people realize a lot of things are out of your control, in fact. Yeah. And so what's mm. interesting for us is we have to look at the thing or the person that's enthroned on our heart hmm. and say, is this blessing not only me, but everybody else around me? Yeah. And for Christians, we get the attention off ourself and actually yeah. turn it towards God. Hmm. And so when you look at who Jesus is and even his claims, Mm -hmm. he claims to be God. The Bible is pointed towards him for a long time, and then he makes exclusive claims. Mm -hmm. He said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. And so the question I'm often asking myself is, again, who am I enthroning? Yeah. Or what am I enthroning? And is that a blessing to me and everybody else? Yeah. So that... You know, I, I appreciate that quote. If you dethrone Jesus, you're automatically enthroning somebody else. Yeah. And that's that's true for every human being. Hmm. What do you love? Yeah. I love how, just talking about Jesus here. So Dan wraps up, he's talking about First Timothy, the end of chapter 15. And he comes back to the little pamphlet, but he uses that, that word. End of chapter 14. Excuse yeah, me, 14. He uses that word ransom and how that was just like a, 
like that impacted him. And I love that because, you know, that's the question is what is worthy of sitting on our hearts? What is worthy of Mm us, you know, enthroning? And that's the question, like all of humanity, we have this void. What do we fill it with? What is worthy? You know, is this good? Is that good? Is this coping? You know, is this person? What is it? What is worthy? And the only answer that all of humanity like has discovered in the Bible is Jesus Christ. And it's because of how he ransomed, how he paid for us. And so that's a huge point that Dan kind of makes there at the end of 14. Yeah. This is good. What I want to do now is flip to the last chapter of this section chapter 15, you know, yeah, making this is a good sense one. of the intolerant sounding Jesus, because he does in fact, again, claim to be the, the only way, the truth and the life. But you have quotes like from Madonna on 237. Yeah, totally. Where she says, I do believe that all paths lead to God. Mm-hmm, it's a mm-hmm. shame that we end up having religious wars because so many of the messages are the same. Mm, yeah. Oprah and Gandhi. Yeah. Kind of Oprah, them. Gandhi. There's a lot of people mm. making many claims, but then as Christians, when you look at the Bible, you just have to acknowledge again that it is in fact making exclusive claims. Sure. Oftentimes there's analogies that are brought up like from Madonna or someone with that mindset, like the elephant. Yeah. Tell us about the elephant analogy. If yeah. Well, goes. the elephant analogy is like someone's looking at a bunch of blind people. They have blindfolds on. Okay. And the bl- different people blindfolded represent the different philosophies or religions in the world. Sure. And the Christians are touching the elephant's leg and they're feeling like, ooh, this, this feels like a tree trunk right. or whatever it is. <laughs> and the other person, mm. let's say it's Islam, is touching the tail of a donkey and like, ooh, mm. this feels like some kind of branch of a plant. And uh, Buddhism is touching the trunk, and they feel like it feels like some kind of hose or something else. You know? <laughs> and and the, the, the person witnessing this is saying, they all, all paths lead to salvation, and they are getting a glimpse of what is true. Hmm. And when they all die one day, they'll converge and see, oh, look, we're all touching different parts of we the were same all right. thing, yes. the elephant. Mm-hmm. And we're all touching part of the same thing. So Christianity has elements of truth that lead to God. So does Islam and Mm -hmm. so does Buddhism. The problem with that analogy is somebody is claiming to have a revelation and an insight that nobody else has. Saying, all of Christianity, Mm -hmm. you're blind and you get a little bit of it. And Muslims, (laughs) you get a little bit of it. And Buddhists, you have a little bit of it. And agnostics, you do too. But, But me... Right. I'm not blindfolded. I know. And I know <laughs> that you all have glimpses and aspects of truth that mm-hmm. will one day bless you all. Mm-hmm. Like, time out. Wait, what? <laughs> that itself is an exclusive claim. And how did you get this revelation that billions of people don't have? Yes. So the elephant analogy is really bad. Yes. Actually, and mm-hmm. it, big flaws in it logically. Mm-hmm. The other one that often is brought up is a white pill. Yeah. You want to flesh mm-hmm. that one out a little bit? Well, I think, I mean, I'll try. You'll probably do a better job. No, but that, I think it. that's where, you know, if you think of pharmaceuticals and just how many little white pills that we see, you know, all the time. And we, um, you know, they could be the same shape, the same. Obviously, they're all white. Yeah. But when you take them, they do drastically different things to the body. Yes. And so that's like when we look at all these religions, it's the same. You know, there might be like um, a few qualities. They're like, oh, they are all similar. They're all linked. They're all, uh, they share the same end goal. But when you actually dive in and take a look mm-hmm. at them, they are vastly different. So yeah. for, for example, like Clark, we talked about how, you know, one white pill could be a Tylenol and the other one's a vitamin C yeah. or one could be some kind of like heart medication and yeah. one could be a li- and like they all are the same size or maybe have similar qualities. Yeah. yeah. But when you look at the actual composition of the thing, they're vastly different. Not the same. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's what Dan gets 
mindset he's talking yep. about this yeah on a superficial surface you're mm-hmm. looking at oh it's a small thing it's kind of like an oval so maybe you're all yeah. the same because you all talk about prayer you all talk about goodness you all talk about the eternity the death and life sure but what he does in the next couple of pages is he breaks down the differences between yeah. you know um who would it? hinduism christianity yeah. <laughs> islam um am i missing any I think those are the main ones, those 40, the, yeah, 41. The, the main three right there. Mm-hmm. So, you know, who is, they ask these questions. Who is God? Mm-hmm. Everyone has to answer who is Jesus, whether he was God yes. or a prophet or just a nice guy. Mm-hmm. No one really thinks he didn't exist anymore, even mm-hmm. atheists. You know, so Hinduism looks at God as having thousands of gods live in the background. Mm-hmm. It's plural. Mm-hmm. Jesus was a wise teacher. In the afterlife, when a person dies, they're reincarnated sure. to pay off their karmic debt. Mm-hmm. Look at Islam. Islam says there's one God, mm-hmm. Allah. Um, very different, by the way, than described mm-hmm. by the Jewish mm-hmm. and Christian beliefs. Jesus was a prophet, but he was not the son of God. Right. Mm-hmm. The afterlife is based on weighing the good and bad you have done in your life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Christianity on 242 says there's one God who's triune in nature. There's one God, mm-hmm. but you have the three persons of the Father, Son, and Spirit. We could talk about the Trinity some other time. Then you have Jesus, who does claim to be the Son of God and God. In the afterlife, getting to heaven hell is not based upon any kind of merit or works, which is what right. everybody else says. Exactly. You do good, you go to heaven. You're bad, you go to hell. Mm-hmm. But on God mm-hmm. and God's grace and what God has accomplished. And so what's interesting here again is that oftentimes people get mad at Christianity or will kind of poke at it saying, you're making exclusive claims. Like you're claiming to be right and everybody else to be wrong. But when you look at Islam and you look at Hinduism and you look at whatever else, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they're also making exclusive claims saying, sure. we know who God is, we know yeah. who Jesus is, and we know what happens when you die. Mm-hmm. Same boat. Mm. So I think that's that's one of the, the things that's happening in our, especially American culture right now, is like this desire to be inclusive. Um, and that sounds good when you advertise it, but when you look at get in the weeds of the movements and the idea, it's actually not inclusive at all. Mm. Case in point, I shared this in a sermon a while back. A friend of ours yep. went to do a photo shoot for a famous person, and they were to be their double yep. um, for a, a well-known company in our, our country, in the world. Um, when the photo shoot was done, our friend had heard kind of through the grapevine that the famous person might be spiritual and might be Christian and open yep. to it at least. So they brought a book, and they gave the famous person the book saying, like, hey, really polite and like, you don't have to read this. Want to give you as a gift. Thanks. Let me be part of your day. Blah, blah, blah. What our friend didn't realize was that the famous person's agent was right behind her. Mm-hmm. Agent calls up our friend and grills her and is like, yep. we're an inclusive company. You can't be spreading like that propaganda around and passing that out. Yep. Like, like that Christian that. book. You Basically can't. <laughs> saying that you can't be passing out Christian stuff around here. We're inclusive. Mm. So as I processed that with our friend, it was fascinating was just think about what that, the, the agent said, we're an inclusive company, but we're going to exclude your perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this is a very common thing where people claim to be inclusive, but their perspective is actually very exclusive. Mm-hmm. So what people say to Christianity is the same as all these other movements. Right. It kind stuff. of, you know, it gets labeled, you know, yeah. to, Jesus gets labeled, Christians get labeled. And, and, um, you know, Dan talks about that later on, just, um, you know, talking with people that is in an uncondescending, like kind yeah. anyway. So there's definitely, you know, 
places where like yeah christians have acted not the right way but yeah. but to put that label as in only one group that's just inaccurate and it's actually yes. it's really obtuse for sure to, to do that and so dan continues to say kind of flush out the whole so top of 44 why do often yeah, religions that. say they're basically the same um and so it's good because he kind of gets to the golden rule picture too mm-hmm. and so that's on 246 and um, he fleshes that out, how like, oh, see, this is this is what everyone's kind of talking about. What is this? This is, oh, yeah, the Norman Rockwell painting, The Golden Rule. Yeah. And so he kind of adds just another layer here saying that like all of these paths, you know, lead to the same mountaintop, the same afterlife, the same um, God. And then Dan's statement here is that... Um, Essentially, like while all the paths at the base of the mountains might look similar, it's the from the the bottom to the summit yeah. that is like they it lead to is vast, totally different, vastly different places. And so when he talks <laughs> yeah. about the golden rule, mm-hmm. Confucianism says, "Do not do to others what you do not want them to do to you." Hinduism says, "This is the sum of a duty. Yeah. Do not do to others what will cause pain mm-hmm. if done to you." Buddhism says, "Hurt not others in ways that you have hurt yourself would find hurtful." Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Christianity has the opposite. They say, "Do to others what you would have them do to you." Mm-hmm. And so again, going back to like the spiritual aspect of this, if if you believe God is real and there is an enemy. You would want to take what is true and spin it off as many ways as possible to make it sound similar, but also lead to very different places. Right. Because if it's black and white, then, you know, even yeah. like even the most simpletons mm-hmm. would be able to discern like, oh, that is yeah. bad. That is good. Yeah. <laughs> and so as you look at Jesus compared to everybody else, you look at the Hindu um, say truth is one, but the sages speak of it in many different ways. Buddha, I'm on page 249, by the way. Buddha says, oh, my teachings point to the way of attainment of the truth. Mm. Muhammad claims that the truth has been revealed to me, but mm. Jesus is the only one to say, I am the truth. Mm. Like, I am God. And he is the only one, compared to all the religions and thoughts and concepts, philosophies, whatever, mm-hmm. that actually came to humanity and died and resurrected and right. offered himself as a grace gift, hmm. not a merit-based works. Because, mm-hmm. if, again, if you're going best, based upon merit, we're all in trouble because... Yeah, there's no amount of karma. And even the, can, good, yeah. even the good things we do are tainted by improper motives. Yep. You know? Hmm. So at the end of this chapter, he kind of wraps up saying, we affirm that God loves all people. Mm-hmm. Yes, we do. We affirm that God is the ultimate loving and honest judge. Hmm. I'm 251. He says, God wants people to know Jesus, so he created us for mission. Mm -hmm. And as we end, do you have anything you want to add before we wrap up? No, well, you do, I think. Yeah. The one thing I want to say is, as you talk about this, oftentimes people get frustrated with Christianity for being intolerant and claiming to be exclusive. Well, we just talked about how the elephant analogy is poor, how all other concepts and religions and even inclusive companies are actually exclusive Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because they're they're claiming to know something that other people don't know. And oftentimes people get mad at Christianity for saying, hey, who is your God to determine who gets to go to heaven or who gets to go to hell? Mm -hmm. And so there are some people that should say, well, everyone should just go to heaven. Sure. And what I hope people can understand, and if you think this or maybe you know someone who thinks this, one, you have to understand that in itself is an exclusive claim because mm-hmm. you're claiming to know something and, and mm-hmm, saying mm-hmm. Christians, Islam, Hinduism, Buddhist, they're all wrong. So you're excluding, right, they don't say that. <laughs> you're excluding those thoughts and, and you're talking about you're including your own. So mm-hmm. your own thought and process is an exclusive claim. Mm-hmm. 
Now, when you say everyone should go to heaven, have you turned on the news lately? Like, that's a good idea in your head. But when you actually Mm. look at the world and think about the pain and hurt you've endured, Mm. and I don't want to give any graphic examples, but you think about the things that are being done to people, to children, to foreigners, to whatever. Do do you really believe that all people Mm. deserve to go to some pearly gates and sit on a cloud and sing Kumbaya Mm. forever? I think most people, like an alpha, and I'm talking to non-believers, most people say actually no. I don't think everyone deserves to go to heaven. Hmm. Deserves. Deserves. Yeah. So hmm. the question you have to ask yourself then is who is the standard or what is the standard for determining who gets yeah. to go where? Hmm. And and how is that standard then applied to everybody to be fair? Right. That is where, again, I think Christianity separates itself from everybody else because who does Jesus claim to be hmm. and what did Jesus do? He right. gave himself up yeah. as a love offering for all kinds of people who betrayed him. Hmm. Compare him to Muhammad. Compare him to Gandhi. Compare him to everybody else. And there's nobody that even comes close to mm-hmm. being like him. So, I mean, I'll add too, you know, for us, for people that have grown up in, you know, America or just Westerners in general, like this, we don't want to talk about judgment. We want, you know, we want to yeah. love, love, love. And, and so, and that's good. When you go to other places in the world, like when I spent some time before Clark and I were married, even just for um, some quick mission stuff, mm-hmm. I was in Haiti for a while. Yeah. And when you talk to folks, sometimes it, it's so helpful to hear their perspective on God and how um, how they, you know, treasure and love him. Because a lot of us would say, you know, well, I, I just love that God is love and that's our favorite quality. But like when I talk to some of these Haitians... And um, just so beautiful around the table. They would say their favorite quality about God is that he's just. Yeah. Because their life doesn't make sense. You know, sometimes in America, we, we there's definitely like suffering and um, hardship. I don't want to minimize that. But when you are born into a impoverished third world, completely broken, Where like people are taking advantage evil, of you left evil, and right. Yeah. Evil, evil place. Your hope is in God of love and your hope is in a God that will judge and judge fair. And so they, that's why, you know, Tim Keller has that quote, you know, you don't have to avenge, you don't have to get your sword because Jesus is coming back and he's not coming back as a babe. He's coming back with his sword because he is worthy of that. And so we're going to get there in the next one, but just wanted to leave that just to kind of help us have soft hearts toward this and and, and open eyes too, Mm -hmm. um, for what folks from all backgrounds are saying. Yeah. That's right. Mm-hmm. So thank you for tuning in and listening to the podcast. We hope that's helpful and that, you know, wrestling with who Jesus claims to be, what God did for us, but also the ideas that some people are intolerant or inclusive or exclusive. Um, hopefully some of the things we talked about today were helpful. Yeah. So God bless you. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his countenance toward you and give you his peace. Have a great day.